Welcome to the Dad of Ages podcast. My name is Daniel Whitworth, and I am the dad of six amazing kids ages 2 to 13. This podcast is a combination of my daily dad life, raw and unedited, and interviews with other dads as we all do the best we can in this game called Dad. Sometimes we're winning and sometimes we're losing, but the important thing is that we stay in the game. This is the Dad of Ages podcast. Enjoy the episode. Yes, I just love being a dad. It's the greatest job that I ever had. All righty, good morning. It is Sunday, February 26, 2023, and I'm still in Los Angeles uh, recording this in my hotel room. At, uh, it's like... A little before 6 a.m. this morning, I did actually wake up fully around 5 local time, which would be, you know, 8 o'clock a.m. back home. So I'm still, you know, kind of all out of whack, but it is nice that it's naturally early instead of the other way around. So, but, uh, so yeah, yesterday was a okay day. You know, we had kind of an underwhelming sized crowd again and, um, uh, you know, some decent conversations and things like that, but, you know, not probably not my favorite event so far, but that's okay. And uh, it was actually like freezing cold. So we're in Los Angeles and it's like 50 degrees and less, which is strange for here. So all the people that live here are like, this is really weird and they're all freezing and, <laughs> and everything. But in the hotel itself, like in the, in the room with the conference was and in the hallway, it was like just freezing cold. So I'm like wearing a coat which I don't normally do. I don't like to do that because, you know, I pick out my shirts on purpose because I think they look good. I don't want to walk around in this bulky coat trying to impress people, you know. So um, anyway, that was kind of a downside of that. But yeah, that's kind of how the day felt. It just felt like a cold, uh, cloudy kind of day um, of the conference and stuff. So hopefully we'll see. Maybe today will be better. But that's actually not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about something that uh, I've been trying to do better at, and that is communicating with my kids while we're away. And um, so uh, in the past, I probably never did anything. Um, but one thing we're, I'm trying to do more of, and not just even while we're away, but even when we're home, is like especially with the two oldest because the oldest one, Dylan, he has a phone. And so this weekend he went on a camping trip where they were um, learning to shoot guns. And so I've just been texting with him, you know, asking about how it was and, you know, and he's talking about how cool it was and stuff. And I'm like, and for me, it's like, you know, this is I need to do this more like this. This is kind of the way people communicate. This is the way, you know, especially young people. And even though I, I've been kind of, you know, I don't want them to have phones. I don't want them to be screen addicts and stuff. But like, it's a battle that it's it's a losing battle because guess what? I'm a screen addict, and I'm on my phone all the time. And I do a lot of communicating through texting and Facebook Messenger and all these things. So it's like, you know, you hold on as long as you can. But uh, now that he's getting to the, of age, like all of his friends and everybody has, this is the way they communicate. And if he doesn't have the communication device and skills of his peers then how's he gonna connect with them so uh, uh, one of the things that i've definitely been learning about parenting is that 
we can't, I can't just keep thinking about the way I was raised because we live in a very different world now, you know, and, um, there was not even close to the same kind of social, um, you know, uh, pressure that the kids today face, not the same kind anyway. Back then, you know, it just mattered like what kind of clothes you wear and, you know, who, who your friends were and stuff like that. And it, it was all isolated at school. But now these days, like people live out loud on, on the internet. And, um, and so our kids, you know, they're growing up in a world where most people talk to each other through these things we call phones, which aren't really phones, <laughs> you know, and the little app on the, the iPhone that is for the actual phone phone has the symbol of the old school phone that honestly barely exists anymore. And so, you know, my kids, I remember one time we, we, um, we're trying to teach them how to dial 911 from a cell phone. And we're like, yeah, push the, the app that looks like a phone. And they're like, which one is that? Cause a phone to them is an iPhone. You know, it's this little rectangular, um, you know, device, not a, you know, thing with, the the ear and the mouthpieces on the ends like the old phones and so uh times are definitely changing and the things that we you know the, the things that we did when we were kids our kids don't have that experience not even close and that's something that my mindset coach uh cliff helped me with recognizes that you know because one of the things i was i recognized that i had um some disappointments in just how i viewed my oldest son especially and and it wasn't his fault it wasn't dylan's fault it was my own fault for just i had this weird expectation in my head that i think a lot of dads probably do that my oldest son would be a lot like me as i am now <laughs> right because here i am look i get to teach him these things i get to save him all the trial and error that i had to go through when i was his age and all that and um and so you kind of have this expectation at least I did, that he would be a lot more like, you know, well-rounded and, and like me or even even like me when I was his age kind of thing. But my friend Cliff uh, made it clear to me, he's like, how could he possibly be anything like you if his life experience for his thir first 13 years was nothing at all like your life experience for your first 13 years? Because I grew up like in a very tumultuous family uh, moving a lot, dad absent, absent and stuff like that for my first 13 years. And then my mom got remarried when I was 13. So my, my first 13 years were nothing but st not even close to stable. Didn't have a dad in the picture. Um, I had to grow up a little faster because I was effectively the man of the house for a good chunk of that. And, and so no wonder I developed uh, certain senses of responsibility and work ethic and all that. Like I was forced into it as a, as a child, whereas Dylan has had none of that. Like he, and plus I was in public school and he's homeschooled and, um, I was one of three. He's one of more than that. And, uh, he has different parents than I had, you know, different mom and all that. So it's like, how could he, and Cliff's like, how could he, you expect him to turn out just like you if he didn't start out just like you, you know? And so not to mention he has different DNA and he's a different person and all that. So just all those things are just like, you know, yeah, that's a very good point. And I need to try, I need to work on changing my perspective of 
just seeing Dylan for who he is and who he's becoming instead of trying to see, you know, put him in a box and say, how come he's not like this? And I still struggle with this. I can't say, I mean, that, that revelation that my friend gave me was good, but um, I still struggle with this. You know, I want to see him, especially one of the things I really struggle with Dylan right now is his eating. Like he's super skinny, skin and bones, and he's a very, very picky eater. Like he just will not eat anything that he doesn't think he will like. And about the only thing he likes is bread and sugar <laughs> and fried, you know, maybe even chicken nuggets. But even then, like we go to a Chick-fil-A and we get nuggets and stuff. He barely even finishes his food. Like the kid just never eats unless it's like sugar. And I'm like, dude, you are sickly looking. Like when are you going to, when's this teenager ravenous, you know, wolf wanting to eat everything going to happen? <laughs> you know, eat some meat, boy, put some skin on your bones and like. But and then it turns into a battle, and he feels bad because he's disappointing me, and I feel bad because he's not doing what I want him to do, and it's like I need to. Oh, I struggle with that. That's definitely a current struggle in my uh, mind with my oldest, especially, and because we've given them that freedom to choose what he eats. That's part of that planned emancipation is letting him decide what he eats because the thing of it was is it was always a battle always to try to get him to eat um and so one of the things that uh, that book recommends is um you know give him the freedom to eat what he wants like within boundaries so he can eat you know there's a basically a, a certain sect of our kitchen like he has free reign to eat that stuff but we only allow him one serving of sugar from our stock per day which means like he can't just go raid the the candy jar that we have in the family store and just eat as much of that as he wants. Um, he can only eat, you know, one serving of sugar from what we provide. And so that typically results in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then, of course, we can add stuff where I'm like, oh, we're going to make some brownies. You can have one of those. That doesn't count kind of thing. And so if he wants more sugar, he has to buy it. And so... That way at least costs him something. He can't just gorge on sugar all the time. And so – but then the other side of that is that he gets to choose what he eats and whimsy. So he doesn't fall into the same kind of guidelines and structure that we have with the other kids where, you know, there's breakfast. There's a 10 o'clock snack of vegetables. There's uh, lunch. There's a 2 o'clock snack that you can have something from your snack box or some fruit or something. And then there's dinner and we've – kind of implemented a 7 p.m. snack so they still kind of get snacks throughout the day but there's very specific boundaries of what they can and can't have and they have to sit down and eat the dinners with us they don't have an option for that and so yeah it's i think that's one area that i specifically have a, a struggle mentally with because i personally have eating problems <laughs> you know where i I want to be in shape. I want to lose weight. I've gone on this program. I've lost like 30, more than 30 pounds, but I still want to eat tater tots and I still want to like gorge on chips. And I want to, you know, when we go out to these trips and things, I end up like binging like yesterday. I don't think Nicole knows this, but they, um, the, the people that arrange these, they get a bunch of like goodies for us, like fruits and um various things to kind of like have the team have snacks during the day and they got a box of nutty bar nutty buddy bars those little like you know peanut butter 
peanut butter and chocolate little wafer things and it's like oh my gosh those things are a weakness of mine because i just love the texture i think this is why i like tater tots because i love the texture of the crunchy on the outside soft on the inside like they're just some like french fries versus tater tots i'll take tater tots every time even though they're effectively the same thing right there's they're fried potatoes um but these nutty buddies are that they're crunchy and soft and just delicious and i ate three of them yesterday (laughs) it's like god why do i do that to myself you know and um (sighs) yeah so food is a struggle for me because the things i like to eat do not result in the body i want to have so i it's it's a daily struggle and i don't and that's the other thing is like i don't want my kids to have that but guess what they're gonna because they're their own people and the best i can do is try to make them have some sort of nutrition in them during the day so that when they buy all their goodies and snacks they can have them and so i've i've come a long way from where i used to be i used to be very militant about it and guilt them and shame them and be angry about it and all that stuff and but now i've 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 come coming to terms with you know what they're just gonna eat what they want to eat and you know what they'll survive they'll be fine maybe they struggle with food their whole life but either way i go that's gonna happen if i like force them to eat a certain way then when they're free they can do what they want they're gonna go wild or if i just let them go free now they're not gonna eat well now and uh they'll be unhealthy and and have you know, so it's just like there's no there's no one right way it's a tension that has to be managed and that's the thing it's like you can't just go to one side or the other you have to really just it's something you have to pay attention to and uh do what you can and so that's the food thing is definitely a challenge for me but anyway all that from you know i wanted to talk about how i'm communicating with my kids more and so dylan he's at this camping trip and he's uh doing guns and so i just texted with us this morning as i got up because it's you know like nine o'clock over there and um you know just say how's it going he's like yeah it was really awesome and stuff so i feel like if i can start talking with him this way it'll build some relationship there and same with lydia we're doing voxer and she's at the grandparents house and she's like voxing with us like little you know memes and stuff like that it's like you know this is good it's a way for them to express themselves and uh, i kind of feel like maybe i should even do this when we're at home you know and be a little less strict about when they can use their phones and stuff and just leave them little notes and stuff just to kind of tell them that I love them and things. And yeah, that's one thing I'm trying. And, uh, so yeah, that's kind of how this morning was. And I'm still laying in bed cause it's still six Oh five and we don't have to start till eight o'clock. So we got a couple hours and Nicole's in the shower right now. And she told me that if I, uh, when she, so she told me that if she walks in here back into the room and she's naked, just got out of the shower and I say anything about it on the podcast that she would kill me and make me delete the episode. So that hasn't happened. I'm just saying that she said to do that. So does that count? <laughs> she might think so. I don't know, but I'm not going to tell her. So anyway, you can, you can just keep it our little secret. Okay. Don't tell her. <laughs> anyway, I suppose that is enough. For this Sunday morning in LA edition of the Dad of Ages podcast. So uh, thanks for listening. Oh, I did want to say 
that I have my dataofages.com website done. It's it's like I had one that I was just kind of a placeholder, but now I have like my new and improved that I built on the plane over here. So if you're listening, check it out, dataofages.com. Uh, sign up for my email newsletter. I probably won't email you a whole lot just yet, but I'm exploring this. I'm testing this out. So yeah, do, uh, do me a favor. Go to dataofages.com and uh, join my email list and maybe reply to that email and let me know what you think about my website and my podcast and stuff. I would really love to hear your feedback. Okay, thanks. I appreciate it. So anyway, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. This is the Dad of Ages podcast. Daddy, daddy, I love you. Oh, my dear, I love you too. Daddy, do you think I'm beautiful? Yes, I do. Daddy, pick me up so high. Throw me up so I can fly. Is there anything more wonderful?